You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, Ryan Zofe. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you for having me, and, and welcome, um, welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, Ryan, I love the reading about you on your website because I always say adversity introduces a man to himself. And, you know, I tried to join the Navy one time and me and, and a buddy because I had this uh, vision of being a Navy SEAL. And as we got through the process, the guy pulled me aside and said, hey, I'm sorry, you're not eligible to join the Navy because of my juvenile record. And my buddy was about through the door and he goes, no, 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 I'm not going if he's not going. And uh, neither one of us ended up joining the Navy. But I thought, I thought all of that stuff was expunged when she became an adult that it's sealed. But apparently for the Navy, uh, there is no such thing. So kind of set that up for you to tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about your kind of start in life. And uh, and then we'll we'll go we'll go some questions from there. How's that? Yeah, sounds good, Jim. And you know, I, I have a similar experience. So when I when I got out of school, I went to my father wanted me to be uh, a marine mechanic, and so we had a fractured relationship. So when I when I ended up getting my GED and high school diploma, I wanted to you know I'd do anything to to gain his acceptance and his love. And he 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 always dreamed of being like a motorcycle mechanic, and so he thought like, hey, Ryan go be a marine mechanic and this way you know you could have a, an amazing career and you know we're in florida and there's boats everywhere and so i was like all right dad cool so i ended up going to mmi uh, in orlando when i was 18 years old and i ended up graduating and i was working at a marina and i realized that the, the guy that's been there for 25 years is only making fifty thousand dollars a year and i was like there's no way in heck i'm going to continue doing this and so I ended up quitting, but we used to work on all the Palm Beach County Sheriff uh, Marine Unit boats, and I met an undercover cop. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to be a cop. And so I went to police academy. I passed the written exam. I did the interview. And like you, I had a juvenile record, but they told me, and even on the application, they're like, if you have a juvenile record, it doesn't count. It, it's expunged. It's fine. And so and then I got a letter in the mail saying like, unfortunately, due to your juvenile uh, record, we're not going to be able to accept you. And I was like, what? And so I made a big stink about it. And I had a ton of letters written for me. And and um, they ended up saying like, okay, fine, we will allow you to be a police officer, but you have to work in the prison systems for three years. And once you do that successfully, then you could be a field a field cop. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So that was my experience. I have a very similar experience with you. What I always say, man, is our scars are our superpower. You know, I mean, that's how you recognize we recognize each other from our scars and it makes us unique and you know some people obviously don't appreciate scars as much as uh as i might but i always think of this if you think about when jesus was resurrected right and he goes the doubting thomas he has holes in his hands right because that's his scar now that's how you know it's jesus well, I mean, he's God. He could have healed those. Uh, he healed so many other people. He could have healed his hands, but he didn't because that's how we recognize ourselves. So tell me about your childhood and some of the things you learned from your childhood. Yeah, sure. And so what comes to me is is this uh, lady named Eileen Wilder. She always says nothing's missing. 
you know, and that just resonates with me because it's like nothing in God's world happens by mistake. And there was a time in my life when I thought I was a mistake. There was a time in my life when I thought like everything was done to me and I had this victim mentality. And so my my first real traumatic experience was age five. My sister passed away. And not only did I lose a sister, but I also felt like I lost my parents because they were unable to deal with that experience or that situation. And my father and mother divorced shortly after that. And my father was a workaholic. So I started to adopt these beliefs that I wasn't good enough or, or I wasn't lovable or they didn't care about me. And, and, and I felt like I literally used the word like thrown away. That's how I felt. I felt like I was just like a throwaway. And so that progressed my behaviors as a, a, as a young boy, I immediately started to rebel because I wanted their attention. And so the more I would rebel, the more attention I would get. So I started to adopt this belief of like, okay, the, the more trouble I get into, the more attention that I'll get. And that's actually better than getting nothing. And so that, that behavior lasted up until age 16. Um, and and it, it just progressively got worse, you know, smoking cigarettes at age six, uh, by age 11, I was uh, smoking marijuana with my mother. My mother was a full-blown drug addict at this point. And so I I just wanted to be accepted by her. And this was a way for us to bond. And you know, she used, so I figured, hey, let me start using. And, and this way I can you know get that connection, that love that I never got. And my father was very abusive. So you know, I never wanted to be around him because no matter what I did, he thought reprimanding me through physical violence was what was necessary. You know, his father was in the army. He was a uh, staff sergeant and that's how he was raised. And so my dad was just doing the best that he could. But at that time, I didn't know any better. And so that was that the, a, a lot of my 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 teenage years was was using drugs and alcohol in and out of juvenile detention facilities. I ended up I think I got like 21 felonies by the time my criminal career was over. And I was looking at 25 to life at age 16, which, you know, at that moment, at that time, I really had no idea how I even got there. And it was such a wake up call for me. And that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because I was introduced to a 12 step program that has changed my life. And, and today I have 21 years of sobriety because of that. Wow. That's an amazing story, man. And I appreciate you sharing because um, you know, I'm writing a book right now and the first couple of chapters is about my childhood and kind of some of the things that molded me to believe the things that I believe and how I found out about money and what I learned about money to be wrong and all of these things, why I have such a passion to help people with financial independence. And, and it's not easy telling your story because you because of the things that you've told yourself in the past that are lies about why you went through that, right? And so what was the thing that, that so the 12... The twelve-step program that got you off the the wrong track and on the right track. Yeah, you, you spoke about Jesus and God, and and so that twelve-step program is designed to develop a relationship with the higher power. So that twelve-step program talks about higher power, and you can choose your own conception of God because there's a lot of agnostics and atheists in the world, yeah. and you know that that twelve-step program wanted to ensure that it could help those that are suffering, and they didn't want the God. Um, belief to get in the way. So that was that. But I, I do believe in Jesus Christ. I, you know, he is my savior. And so that that was the best thing that could have happened to me because up until that point, I had no real principles or no guidance or or no real roadmap on on how to live a happy, healthy life. 
And so that program has 12 steps and those 12 steps are designed to you know, heal a lot of those childhood traumas and then replace those old patterns with new patterns that are God-like decisions. So there's the third step is all about like living God's will, you know, not doing my will, living God's will, surrendering to God's will. And, you know, like the, the bracelet says, like, what would Jesus do? You know, and so like that's a practice of this 12-step program. And so making decisions from that spiritual place, that spiritual mindset. So, you know, one thing that, um, I, and, you know, uh, when I was about 24, some, that's when I found God and I didn't know anything about God, religion, church, anything like that. But the thing that, and I always thought, you know, Ryan, somebody with my background, somebody with your background, that maybe, you know, we're never going to probably have the sweater vest on and the bow tie and the saddle shoes. Like I, I kind of envisioned Christians being, and I realized that, wait a minute, Jesus ch chose 12 people that nobody else would have chosen, right? The religious actually crucified Jesus, right? The rebellious are the ones that go out and, and communicate Jesus's message. And you look at Paul and anybody that's ever read the Bible understands um, Paul's conversion and how powerful that is. But so I love once I realized that Jesus and God, they, I mean, like God, uh, picks people that most people wouldn't pick. And, 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 and I say this thing, adversity introduces a person to themselves because that adversity makes you realize, uh, what, what, what's important. And so, you know, they always, I, I always hate when somebody says hurt people, hurt other people. No, I don't believe that because I, I believe you have a choice when you are hurt. Sometimes you go the other direction. All you want to do is help people, right? So, you know, again, reading about you a little bit on your website, um, I can definitely see where you have this uh, heart to help people. So tell me where that came from and tell me kind of what you do now and how you help people. Yeah, absolutely. So really, you know, I've always had a soft spot, you know, as a child growing up and and I was always such a loving and caring kid. But, you know, I adopted a lot of the violence and a lot of the 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 toxic behaviors because it was survival for me. And that was how I was able to navigate through that. But being in recovery, it really opened me up to my sensitive side. And I was really able to start being vulnerable and expressing the emotions because, you know, growing up, my father would always teach me like, you know, don't show your emotions. Um, you know, big boys don't cry, you know, tough it up and, you know, always win, you know, like nothing was ever good enough for him, you know, like, so no matter what I did, it was like, he could always do better. He was always um, challenging me and, and, and comparing himself to me. So like, I just never felt like I was good enough. And once I started to realize to your point, you know, our scars are our superpowers. You know, I, I believe that, you know, we're the chosen ones, right? It's like to the depth of our pain is to the highs of our heights, you know, or the highs of our success. And, and, and I believe that today because there was definitely a time in my life when I didn't feel like I was the hero, you know, I felt like the villain. I felt like everybody was against me. I felt like everybody owed me something because I didn't get what I thought I deserved as a child growing up. And so for a very long time in my life, I was very selfish. And so, you know, I've had versions of, of the villain versus the hero, but I feel like I truly crossed that line to the hero full time when I was sued by the federal trade commission. So like, you know, it's interesting, like at the lowest points of my life happened to be some of the most gratifying and successful times of my life, because that pain 
has motivated me to become a better person. You know, there's two things that motivate people. There's pain and pleasure. And it's much easier to make decisions when you're feeling like when you're not feeling so good and you're feeling the pain. And so 2012, I was sued by the Federal Trade Commission. $10 million was the lawsuit. I went home. My fiance at the time left me. And so this was the low, one of the lowest points of my life. And that was actually when I realized that I need to do some internal work. I need to dig in and understand my psychology, understand my emotional home, understand like why I'm making the decisions that I'm making. And so that's when my true journey began when I started diving into personal development. And, you know, over the last 10, 11 years has brought me to the point now where it's like, I've learned so much, I've healed so much that now the only way for me to keep what I have is by giving it away. And so that's how I've been able to create the personal development seminars. You know, I've created masterminds. I speak on stages. You know, I do a lot of podcasts. I share my message. I'm building a brand so I can create awareness and show people no matter how bad your life was or how, how difficult it may have seemed or how painful it was, no matter what you've been through, you can actually achieve and be ever be whoever you want to be. And so that's that's my message. And that's that's why I'm doing this is because I want to make a difference in the world. I want to impact the world. So you said you've said a lot there. One of the things that I love is, uh, you know, the pain and pleasure thing. I mean, I think uh, Tony Robbins does such a good job explaining that and, and you know, you creating enough pain to something that if you don't do something that you'll do it and that neuro programming. But, you know, Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, I don't know if you're familiar with him. But um, if you're not, look him up and get some of his books because you'll love them just based on everything that we've talked about the last 15 or 20 minutes. But um, he says your future's, you know, he you have to know your future's always bigger than your past. And I think when I'm 85 years old, Ryan, I'll believe my future is bigger than my past, that I can always have a bigger future. And I, and I think that it's interesting. I do this uh, uh, Bible devotional on the version app every day. And we've been we've been diving into Coach Anthony Thompson, and he takes books and he kind of relates them back to the Bible. So Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He had a Bible study. So this devotional is like a Bible study. You read the author's notes, then you read some Bible verses, and then you make comments. And we've got about 15 guys on that every morning, first thing in the morning, because the first time, you know, like... It said it says in the Bible, Jesus went and prayed before it was light out. Like first thing you do this, and Coach Anthony Thompson is a is a really cool dude. He he just took the book Think and Grow Well, and he takes some of the concepts, but there all the concepts are, you know, the belief. It's uh, making a decision, taking action, all of these things, and you know what those those there's a consistent message but all of those personal development books their roots are in the bible i mean you know uh, think and grow rich right so it says whatever whatever is in your heart uh, becomes your thoughts and your thoughts become your actions right so the 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 strangest secret one of my favorite books of all time super simple super quick but whatever you think about that's what you're going to become whatever you plant in your head negative or positive it will grow so i love that you're that you're doing that and you're sharing that message because then what people need is they need reinforcement right 
you can't read the, I've read the Bible from cover to cover, but that doesn't mean I'm done reading the Bible. I got to read it every day to reinforce those beliefs. And just like you have to tend the garden. So maybe talk about some of the things that you've done to whether it's the, the, the different steps in the 12 step or the things that you're teaching people in, in personal development, how do you on a daily basis water that farm or that garden? Yeah, sure. And so like what comes up for me is like repetition is the mother of skill, right? It's like you got to get your reps in and, and you're absolutely correct about the belief system, right? It's all belief. Even if I think the outcome is going to be successful, I'm still lying. Even if I think the outcome isn't going to be successful, is not going to be successful, then I'm, I'm still lying because I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And so rather than focusing so much on the result or the goal, focus on the activity that's needed in order to get your goal or outcome and leave the outcome to God, right? So like I'm in partnership with God. My job is the input. My job is the activities. My job is getting the reps in, doing the work, taking action, as you mentioned, and allowing God to handle the outcome. Because if I'm aligned with who I'm supposed to be on this earth, if, if I find my assignment, which if you ask God, like, hey, God, what's your assignment for me? He's going to give you that answer. And when you're on that path and you're on your assignment and you're living his will, the outcome is going to be what it's needed to be. And you mentioned something about, you know, what you focus on, you feel, right? It's like, you know, what where focus goes, energy flows. And so it's so true, right? The human mind has 65,000 to 75,000 thoughts a day those thoughts happen to be negative thoughts. And about 85% of those thoughts happen to be repetitive thoughts. And the reason why that is, is because your unconscious brain is constantly scanning the horizon, looking for what's wrong, because its sole purpose is to keep you alive. And so it's always asking, like, what's wrong with this situation? What's wrong with this situation? How is that going to harm me? It's constantly doing its job. So like, once you understand and you have clarity around this and you're like, okay, like I understand, like when I wake up, I'm going to have 65,000 thoughts, 85% of them are going to be negative and repetitive. So I know that I need to feed my mind with positivity, meditations, journaling, like you said, reading, like it's a daily practice. It's practices and rituals. You know, it's 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 not like you learn it once and then you graduate. It's a daily reprieve. Every single day, you have to do something that is going to strengthen your relationship with your maker, strengthen your relationship with your assignment, and then take action in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. You know, I love that, Ryan. You know, the thing I always think that's hard for people to accept is you're right. Your job is to go do the the input and whatever the result is going to be, God gets the drive, right? You're not in control. Like I would, you know, um, I tell this story, but um, I was living in Denver, Colorado. And I said, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles and I said, God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready for a warmer climate. And God showed me an opportunity in South Dakota. And I said, hold on a second. Maybe you didn't understand. Maybe I stuttered. Maybe I you know, we got something wrong here, right? Like that wasn't it. Like, but I went anyway, because it was clear that's where I was, that's where I was being drawn to go. And God was showing me, trust me. So then three years later, I got my first house in, in Southwest Florida and came down here in the winter. And now I live in Southwest Florida full time. And so it's not on my timetable, on God's timetable. He gave me everything that I asked him for when it was time. And I went to South Dakota and I had faith and I trusted. And it was the greatest thing that we ever did is going to South Dakota. Where'd you grow up in Florida? 
I was born in Boynton Beach, Florida, a Bethesda yep. hospital. And I grew up in Lantana Lake Worth area and I moved to Delray Beach uh, 2011. Nice. You know, I love Florida. Um, even though my house got wiped out by a hurricane last year, um, I still love Florida. And I, I, I got to tell you, I have a little PTSD when we get these summer rains and it's really coming down. I'm like, okay, I know I got good drainage. I you know I got, you know, you just start looking around, but you know, it's hurricane season for everybody that doesn't know Florida. So we, uh, we, we are a little bit uh, more diligent than normal on the weather. So, um, but uh, Ryan, so how do people get a hold of you? How do people engage with you? Tell me what uh, they should do. Yeah, sure. So go go to my social media account. It's uh, Instagram, Ryan, R-Y-A-N dot Zofay, Z-O-F-A-Y. Follow me on my social media. We'll do all of our promotions there in regards to our personal development seminars and our masterminds and any events that we do. Um, we always promote them there. And um, yeah, we'd love to have you. I mean, we teach we teach unbelievable insights and tools for individuals to apply in their life, like practical applications so that they can actually free themselves of the bondage and 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 really have a, an experience of life that that no one thought, you know, and for me, like I never thought was possible. And so just giving that gift away is is my mission and my assignment here on this earth. And yeah. I got a couple of questions I just want to ask you to help the share. So but give me the best piece of advice anybody's ever given you. I would say the best piece of advice that anybody has given me would be all the answers are within inside of me. There's nothing missing. Everything no. that I need and want in my life is inside of me. Because for a very, very long time, I would always look for external forces to fill this internal hole. And once I realized that that is short-lived and that's instant gratification, and I started looking inward is when I really started to develop that sense of serenity. And I really start to develop that relationship with my higher power, who I call God. And so that would be probably the best advice I would say to somebody. Awesome. Awesome. If you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be? Grace. Love it. All right. Here's the one I prepped you for. If God came down for, from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book, not the Bible, now that I know you're a Christian dude, what would that book be? It would be the 12-step book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, you're the first person that's actually given me that book as the book that would... And, and let me ask you a question, because I have a few friends that I've run into in the last few years. And they've been through that program. Is that, a, and I've never asked them this, is that a book that everybody should read? Oh man, it's, it's, uh, there, ev there's, there's, there's pro I mean, there's hundreds of 12 step programs and it all originated from that book. So everybody adopts the 12 steps, the actual 12 steps, the 12 steps are the same. They just yeah. replace alcoholism with addiction or they replace sex addiction with the, or gambling addiction or codependency or eating, you know, overeating anonymous, whatever, whatever gambling, whatever it is, they, they use that 12 step guide. And absolutely, man, because, you know, first step is like surrendering to the idea of like, okay, like I am not in charge. Like I surrender to a higher power. The second step is the willingness to accept a higher power in your life. The third step is, is receiving the higher power. The fourth step is writing a list of everybody that you're upset at and then realizing what your part is 
was in it, right? So it's like putting on paper who you're mad at. And then it's like, what was your part in that? And then the fifth step is like, tell all your deepest, darkest secrets, you know, clean house, get 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 grounded and honest with, with one person and higher power. Those six and seven are removing character defects. Um, step eight and nine is eight is making a list of people you need to make amends to. Step nine is actually making the amends. And then 10, 11, and 12 is, is, pretty much the first nine steps. So 10 is like a daily reprieve, a daily practice. At the end of the night, you know, you reflect on your day. And if you did anything wrong, you need to make amends immediately. And you ask God to remove any character defects. Step 11 is prayer and meditation. And then step 12 is giving it back to the next sick and suffering. And so if you applied that in your life, you're going to live a life beyond your wildest dreams. You know, um, Ryan, uh, that last step reminds me of a book. And I'm sure that, you know, so many people take, they write books, they take information from everything they've learned throughout their lives. But um, have you read The Go-Giver? I haven't, no. No? Okay. All right. We're going to put in the show notes and to send you a copy of The Go-Giver as uh, my gift to you. So will you do me a favor and email me your best mailing address? And I know okay. I could probably go on social media if I knew how to do all of that stuff, Ryan, but uh, I'm an old guy, so I don't know how to do a lot of that. But send me your uh, mailing address. I'd love to send you a copy of The Go-Giver as a, my gift to you because you oh, definitely you. are a go-giver. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing and appreciate all the things that you're doing out there in the world and, and giving back and serving others. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for the gift. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So we're going to wrap this up like we do every podcast with the great, incredible words of Earl Nightingale. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.